Hi everyone, this is Sydney Munson from Inside Scientific, the online environment for life science webinars, virtual events, interviews, and educational content that helps you do your best work. Today's episode of Expert Answers features Dr. Bradley Palmer from the University of Vermont, who recently joined us for the eighth webinar in the Cardiovascular Connection series, a joint webinar series brought to you by Inside Scientific, the American Physiological Society, and the European Council for Cardiovascular Research. During his presentation, he demonstrates the challenging preparation of cardiac tissue slices and measurement of force and calcium. Let's jump in. First question that I will ask you, thanks you for your talk. How does one minimize tissue damage during fibrotome preparation of the cardiac slices? One way that you can minimize tissue damage would be to just be assured that your razor blade is as level as possible. There are some vibratomes that may not have control over the razor blade position very well, but there are some vibratomes that do have that control over the razor blade position and is able to maintain that position well. But other than that, I think you'll find that the slices are quite viable, that is more than 90% viable. But that would be one way to optimize your viability. Great. That makes a lot of sense. This next question was submitted a little earlier on. You talked a lot about the left ventricle. Can the right ventricle also be utilized? I suspect it can be, although I've never tried it. You'll see that the right ventricle is already very thin compared to the left ventricle. But we have removed the right ventricle and stared at it and wondered if we couldn't give it a try. We just haven't given it a try yet. But like I said, it's very thin. And so we were just afraid that it wouldn't be worth our while. It would be worth a try, though, I think, because these thin sections, they're only about, you can make sections as thin as 100 microns. And so I suspect you can make slices from the right ventricle. Yeah, it might be something to add to your to-do list. <laughs> right, exactly. Okay, our next question is from Mark. Could you please provide details on the adhesive and relaxing solution that you use to fix the heart prior to slicing? I could give you all those details verbally, but it's best for you to go to the resources tab and check out those the references that I have with a, a special asterisk. There you'll see all the recipes for the solutions that could be used for either relaxing solution or dissecting solution or for recording solution. That is just a basic solution used for recording intact muscle. There are three references in particular that I put an asterisk next to that are, I think, especially good for the, that purpose. And then the, the adhesive is a histoacryl made by Braun. That's also, the information for that is also found in those references. Perfect. Yeah. So I recommend everyone pop over to the resources at any time during this talk and you can download that file. Okay. Next question. How many slices do you get from one heart? It will depend a little bit on how thick you make your slices. But if you use a typical 300 micron thickness, you might get anywhere from five to 10 viable, useful slices from a rat heart. From a mouse heart, it's different. You might only get two to four from a mouse heart. But again, it will depend a little bit on how thick your slice is. And I didn't go through too much detail here, but you've got to be careful. The first two or three slices will have an awful lot of 
endocardium undulations and discontinuities. So the first two or three slices are almost always unusable. And it's only after you get past the endocardium do you start making these really useful cardiac slices. And of those, like I said, it's five to 10 for a rat and two to four for a mouse. Okay, that's great. That makes, that makes a lot of sense. On a similar note, what would you say are the most critical steps in a slice preparation? And I suppose that would kind of be your opinion in a way. What, how do you yeah. feel? How do you feel is the most critical? Solution preparation, I believe, is, is often the most critical. I mean, of course, you'll have to have enough practice that you have the hands and the dexterity and already figured out all the tools that you need. Once you've gotten past that, it's really the solutions. The solutions have to be of the highest quality to make sure that your preparations are consistently good. Perfect. Our next question here asks, how quickly should an investigator aim to clip and mount the freshly produced slices? Since they're no longer being actively oxygenated, I assume this must be done relatively quickly. That's a great question because I, I didn't mention that during the video, I sometimes would discontinue oxygenating just for the sake of having a really good video and being able to visualize what's hap what's happening there but you want to keep them as oxygenated you know you want to keep them oxygenated as much as possible but also recall that they're almost always on ice and they're almost always bathed in a BDM solution so they have very very low metabolism so if they don't have oxygen for i don't know even 20 minutes it's not going to harm them we've been able to also keep these slices in the refrigerator overnight without being oxygenated overnight. And in the morning, we can, still, we can still collect force data from them. It's not as good as fresh, but it's still amazing that they are still quite viable, even without, having, even without being continu continuously oxygenated. So that's what also I mean by robust. When I see these, say these cardiac slices are robust, you can expect performance from these cardiac slices that you would not expect from other model systems, like a whole heart. You cannot afford to keep a whole heart away from oxygen, oxygenated solution for very long, but you can afford to do that with a cardiac slice if it's, if it's being handled properly. Yeah, that is amazing. Okay, that was a great response. Teresa asks you, well, she says, thank you for this insightful talk. You mentioned that the contraction amplitude is calculated as force divided by cross-sectional area. Do you take into account the change in slice thickness, thus in cross-sectional area, as a consequence of the applied stretch? If yes, how? If not, why? Hopefully that makes sense. Well, hopefully I understand the question fully, but we tend to just, because we, we cut the slice in a rectangular shape, we just use the width of that rectangle as the width of the slice. And then the slice that, I'm sorry, the thickness set on the vibratome as the thickness of the slice. And we might want to adjust also for the fact that about 92% of the cells are actually viable. And so you can, you can, by just multiplying length times the thickness and then multiplying by the viability, say 92%. That would be considered your cross-sectional area, that is your functional cross-sectional area. And so that's the denominator used to normalize your force. So you have a really good estimate of the tension that could be produced by the muscle. We don't take into account any possible 
discontinuities in the thickness or the width because we so far just haven't been able to observe it. We just haven't been able to observe a significant amount of discontinuity. Okay, hopefully that answers your question, Teresa. Natalie's question says, at which temperature is the work loop acquisition possible? We've done it at room temperature and we've done it at 37 degrees C. We haven't really tried, and we've tried in between. We've you know tried 30 degrees C, but so anywhere from room temperature to Room temperature to 37C, complete success in, in any of those temperatures. Perfect. Next question. Interesting the point about it being an intact syncytium. I don't know what that says. Syncytium. Syncytium. <laughs> but do you get issues with areas not stimulating quite the same way as others, perhaps due to variance in excitability or orientation of the fibers, etc.? We haven't observed that. Now, we're not the kind of laboratory that examines action potential propagation, but there are other groups that have examined action potential propagation. And in their control cardiac slices, there's you know a nice propagation of the action potential throughout the entire slice. There may be occasions, as they've shown in, from those other laboratories, if there was an infarct, for example, there would be a there would be a buildup of collagen that might prevent the propagation of an action potential across the entire slice. That does occur, but if you've got an otherwise normal or uninfarcted heart, I think you could expect it to get completely activated. The slices you make is transverse sections, and do the sarcomere, sarcomere vary in AP with T slash transverse sections or cross sections? Sarcomere length. We haven't examined that kind of question. That is basically a question of, of variability of sarcomere length with perhaps where in the myocardium you've taken your slice. That's an excellent question, and I'm so sorry I don't have the scientific answer to that. I think someone may even have that answer already, but I'm so sorry I don't have it. Okay, that might be something else, something for them to look into a little further. Sam asks, can you use ischemic cardiac tissue slices? Yes, you can use ischemic cardiac tissue slices, but I had, as I had mentioned just a minute ago, you got to be careful. Wait, ischemic? I'm so sorry. We actually have, I was thinking infarcted. I still had infarcted on my, uh, on, in my brain. I'm so sorry. Ischemic, yes, absolutely. In fact, we've performed those kinds of studies where you will reduce oxygen availability or reduce glucose availability, reduce also the withdrawal of byproducts. And so the tissue does become ischemic right there on the experimental apparatus. And will also recover from ischemia too. That is, you can, you can simulate ischemic reperfusion injury using this model system quite well. It's incredible. It's interesting. Okay, can you use flash frozen heart to section and analyze, or does the tissue have to be fresh? I think it's kind of related to a previous question asking about the viability of the slices. I don't think you can expect to see force generation after it's been frozen. You might be able to get very good images from that. So imaging is certainly possible. But so far, what I've, what I've noted, what we've experienced and what I've seen other laboratories experience is that you can keep the myocardium on ice without it being frozen you can still transport it over a 24-hour period and still then make your slices and still expect to get 
reasonable force generation and viable cardiac slices from that kind of situation. Okay. The next couple of questions are kind of related, so I'm going to put them together. Obviously, you talked today about rat hearts, and somebody asks about whether it's feasible to use mouse hearts, what the technical limitations of that would be, and then how young could those mice be to be able to use, use those hearts? That's a great question, because the mouse heart is about a tenth of the size of a rat heart. But we have found we can use mouse hearts quite well. It's just that you get fewer slices. But I would not recommend having a mouse heart, using a mouse younger than 12 weeks. That would just be my recommendation. You can certainly give it a try, but you want the mouse to be as close to adult age as possible. Okay, that's great. Would you say what the technical limitations could be, if there are any, other than Uh, it's very small? (laughs) Yeah, that's really basically it. It's just that it's so small, you want to make sure that you you don't lose any myocardium that would otherwise be could have gone into a slice. So you might want to make thinner slices to begin with to make sure that you're not throwing away myocardium that could be incorporated into a slice. But you still might only get two to four or so viable slices at the end of the day. Okay, great. Jan asks, why do the slices need to be 100 micrometers thick? Or is that a personal preference? It's basically a personal preference. I think they're anywhere, we tend to use them anywhere between 100 and 300 microns thick. I like to use them around 200 because then I could visualize sarcomeres. It's consistent, we can consistently visualize sarcomeres with 200 micron thick. We cannot consistently see them with 300 micron thick. So I tend to use the 200 micron thick. Okay. Great. The next question is wondering if you've ever tested this in atrium slices. No, but that sounds like a great idea. <laughs> uh, I think along with the with the right ventricle, I think as you develop experience with your vibratome, I think you'll be able to learn a way to make slices from these other parts of the heart, whether it be RV or atrium. There's no reason why it couldn't happen. It's just, I'm sure, just a little bit more challenging than the LV. Yeah. Okay, great. Can these sections be stained with fluorescent antibodies? Yes, absolutely. So it's, um, if I understand it correctly, they would have to be lysed in such a way that you can get the antibodies into the cells. But it depends on what kind of antibody you're using and what it is you're actually trying to image. But they're very useful for imaging, even with antibodies, yeah. Okay, so this person asked... You kind of mentioned before about the ischemic hearts. Can this prep be used on heart disease preps? And with that, are there any additional experimental considerations? I think you just may have to be aware of what disease states you're actually examining. We've looked at disease states of dilated cardiomyopathies, for example. So would they have poor contractile dynamics? And with the poor contractile dynamics, we, do ha- we did have to be a little bit more careful about how we generated work loops because there's just poor contraction. But we still could generate the work loops. And like I said, it was just a matter of working with your disease state and understanding your disease state and what it is that, how it is actually affecting the myocardial function and still being able to work within that context. Yeah, I don't know that I have more to offer with that. All right. I think that was a pretty good response. 
I'm going to make this next one the last question. I'm actually going to kind of squeeze two in there and see how that goes. <laughs> They're both about how long one has to wait for the relaxing solution before you can start measurements and how long the slices are viable during an experiment specifically with electrical stimulation. So the relaxing solution usually contains BDM, which will make sure that the slices are not contracting while you're preparing them. But that relaxing solution, once it, once you've put the slice into the apparatus and now it's bathed in a recording or an experimental solution, you will then also wash away the relaxing solution from the tissue. And that takes only minutes. In fact, you start seeing you start seeing contractile force within seconds, but a total wash away will take about a minute or two, depending on the the flow rate of your recording solution. And then the other question was about viability. We've been able to keep cardiac slices on the inverted microscope beating continuously at room temperature for 36 hours. And they're doing just fine for 36 hours. If we took a little bit more effort into trying to keep them a little longer term, we could probably do that because those slices, if put in the incubator, can last for weeks or months. In fact, we've been able to keep slices in the incubator for a week, pull it out of the incubator, and it's behaving almost like it's fresh after it's been in the incubator for a week. So it's, it's at least compared to, you know, coming from a world of dealing with isolated cardiac myocytes, it was considered quite robust. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Expert Answers and that you'll tune into future episodes where researchers, just like you, answer questions about their work, offer tips, tricks, and best practices, but most of all, share science. Don't forget to subscribe.